Good morning. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. That means it is time for Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman right here on The Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday as we continue our series on play. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Yay. I love talking about play. This has been a great series. It has. It has. I- I didn't bring along any Play-Doh, but I did forget to ask. Uh, I I don't know if anybody has coffee. I'll full disclosure, recording in advance, so this is in the afternoon, technically. Oh, I still have coffee. Oh, you still have coffee. So oh, what coffee are you drinking, Sarah? It's uh, Arrow Ridge Roasting. I believe it's Nicaraguan, but I could be wrong. It's one of the five we have on our <laughs> countertop right now. I'm pretty I, sure it's you- Nicaraguan. <laughs> Are you, are you drinking coffee this during this recording? No, I am actually really enjoying a giant glass of ice water because it is summer, <laughs> summer. in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are continuing our series on play. Today, we get to talk about adults and uh, what does it mean? What, it, what does play mean for us as adults and, and why is it important? So let's dig in. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing that we talked about in our last episode on play and adolescence and teens still has a lot of truth, you know, so understanding that play does have a place in adulthood is really important. I think it's really easy for us as adults to lean on other things and to forget about play or to call these other things play. And so I mentioned it a little bit in our last episode, but I think we easily confuse play with rest, entertainment, and recreation. And all of those things are good gifts from God, but they each have their own purpose. And so I want to just get a little bit grounded in the difference in those things. And then we'll talk about the different elements of play or realms of play that adults especially either need in their lives or different elements that feel especially playful for most adults. Um, So when you think about rest. What do you like to do to rest, Andy and Sarah? Naps. Ooh, naps. <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, if it's really about rest, it's it's probably a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or watching I, TV. Oh, mm-hmm, there you go. Well, and I think that's one way we actually confuse rest and entertainment. Um, there are certainly some aspects of that, but if we're truly looking for rest and we're binge watching like Parks and Rec, then we end up tired, right? Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. end of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone who streams anything <laughs> understands exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yep. I thought this would help me and now I'm still tired. Um, and so rest, I do think sleep is a huge part of it. So keeping up with our sleep cycle keeps us healthy. Um, also for me, rest includes getting out my Bible and having the five, 15, 20 hour minutes that I need um, in order to just kind of rejuvenate, if you will. And that's like spiritual rest. Um, again, Brenda Jank has a really great book on this um, called Vantage Point, and 
her ministry is Run Hard, Rest Well, and she talks about some of the differences in these things. So I would turn the listener to that resource. Um, so then entertainment, though, is really different. And I think entertainment has its place. You know, there's a, it's so fun to watch a TV show and to get invested in characters' lives or to read a book or to um, go to the movies or to see a show, a Broadway show or something. I myself am still crying because I'm supposed to be in New York City in September. Well, guess what? Broadway's closed till January. Like, yeah. That is devastating um and so there can certainly be aspects of play in entertainment and i think that comes in with the discussions that we have about it with other people and some of the more social aspects of it like snuggling on the couch or something and eating popcorn like there's parts of that that are playful but entertainment itself i think really serves the purpose of like disassociating a little bit from life when we need to um, now we don't want to do too much of this, right? Like we want to be actively engaged in our lives and dealing with the stuff in our life that's both good and hard. But there is a place for moments where we don't have to think about things. And I think that's important. And that's one of the ways entertainment helps us get a little bit lost and just remember that we don't have to carry everything for every moment. Like that's Jesus's job. Um, and so we can take a break. And so I think entertainment is really powerful that way. And then recreation often has a lot more physical components to it where we are uh, doing something active or we are uh, engaging with other people. There's some social components. What kind of things come to mind when you think about recreation, you guys? Bike rides, mostly. <laughs> or walks. Shocking. Shocking. I, right, I know. <laughs> For me, um, that would be kayaking, just oh, getting yeah. out on the lake and uh, enjoying um, enjoying nature, uh, creation. Um, and on a kayak, it's hard for people to really bother you. Mm, <laughs> they have to come find you. <laughs> so. One of my favorites, too. Yeah, I think a lot of times recreation has an overlap with nature, which we're going to talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. you know, so even just getting on a jet ski may not feel really physical, but the reality is it's a different space for our body than it usually is in when we're in work mode or um, social mode even. So so yeah, those you can see how those all have their place. Sometimes they are playful, but we remember the seven properties of play. So we, we need some purposelessness in it. We want to be able to lose ourselves in it enough that we're not embarrassed by it. Um, we need to be able to have a sense of freedom from time. Um, so what is play for you might look really different than what is play for me. Uh, but we're just always kind of considering those seven properties of play. Now we can't consider them too hard because then we've ceased to be playful in our play. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm cognitizing everything that and trying to make it better, you know? Um, so the, I think the biggest, most powerful thing for adults is understanding their relationship with play as a child and how that transitioned for them um, in adolescence and teen years to get them to their relationship with play now. So when you were a child, did you have a great sense of freedom in play? Was that an important aspect of your uh, uh, vocation of childhood? You know, we believe that that's a vocation, not an identity, because our identity is secure in Christ. But being a child and playing as a child is part of the work of childhood. Um, and so, you know, what kinds of things 
uh, do you think impact a child's sense of play and whether they're free to play? Any ideas, you two? Well, their environment around them, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what they have available to them. Um, we talked about this a little bit in earlier episodes, but um, it's not always like wealth or uh, poverty that makes the difference uh, because kids can make toys out of anything, right? Yep. Like the cardboard box is far more interesting than all the bells and whistles on that toy. Um, so that's a good one though. Like, do they have things available to them to play? And that might have to do with resources, but it could also have to do with uh, whether they're allowed to mm-hmm. make things you know, into those resources. That's a good one. Yeah, anything else? approval from mom or dad or whoever they're looking up to. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, adults, you know, we tend to separate things into like healthy families versus not healthy families. And, and I don't think it's as black and white as that. Um, and I definitely think there's like a kind of a spectrum of health in families, but even in very healthy families, the relationship with play can be quite different. And I've seen families that we would consider really healthy in a lot of realms to have a really unhealthy relationship with play and their children in play because they are so purpose-driven. Because uh, especially families that are in um, you know, high-impact families with a lot of resources, they it's important to their family structure to keep those resources going. So we need to get the job done. Uh, and so we just really have to look at play as its own uh, thing and how we work it into our families is its own discussion, no matter what your family looks like. Um, I also think uh, communities and environment around you can heavily impact your play. So if you grew up in a neighborhood that's not very safe, if there's shootings, it's going to be really hard for a child um, to have the play that they need, correct? You know, Mm -hmm. if you grew up near a park, you might have a greater sense of play, especially if you had people uh, that allowed you to go there and discover uh, or that took you to discover. So there's a lot of things that impact our ability to play as a child. Some of those are under the control of our parents and caregivers, and some of them aren't, you know. Uh, I don't think it's helpful to really shame based on income level or based on cultural understanding or parent education because we're all learning together, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shame just doesn't have its place here. Um, But at churches, again, is a place where we can offer something that, that people are hungry for. And so offering families and kids the ability to play together is one aspect, I think, of really laying down a foundation for sharing the gospel. Um, You know, Mark Wood and Everyone Has Witnessed and the Everyone Has Witnessed modules give us a lot of broad understanding of all the work that goes into and all the relationships that go into being able to tell somebody about Jesus. And I think play is one of those aspects of relational work that we do in order to have the important conversations eventually. Um, And so, yeah, offering, you know, carnivals at our church, that might seem really silly, but at the same time, that creates an environment that builds relationships that are safe and playful. And then when the hard times things come in and, and people have strong relationships, they can move on to, you know, deeper discussion and intimacy because they were playful together first. Okay. So are we ready for 
the aspects of play that people experience in adulthood? Or do you have any questions first? Why don't, why don't we cover that when we come back? Okay, we're just, I love it. Because we're, we're almost at the point where we need to pause, um, but we'll cover that then when we come back. The, the aspects, did you say? Yeah, I, you know, I haven't found a great word for this. I kind of call them realms of play, like different, okay. different areas that we engage in play, similar to play in adolescence. We have social discovery, imagination and physical, but in adults, I've seen a lot more um, in different areas that they engage in that look a lot different than young child play or teen play, if you will. So we'll dig into that when we come back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour for Mental Health Monday. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, continuing our series on play. And today we get to talk about um, play and adults. Next, we're going to dig into the aspects or realms of play, particularly for adults. Heidi, what are the, the realms or aspects of play for adults? Right. I think that this is also, I have to preface with not um, my most solid research I've ever done. (laughs) This is more antidotal, if you will, um, from observation, but also from a lot of reading and piecing together, um, what people find to be restful as well as, um, enjoyable. And, and also I think there's a satisfaction factor, right? And that's goes back to our seven properties of play. This just, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to equate it in any way to like the sense of peace that we have from Jesus, like, do not misunderstand me. Like that's a different thing, but there is these things that give us a satisfied feeling in life, like a, almost like a job well done, you know, like we finish our to-do list, we cross it off and we feel full and satisfied in life. And I think that's a good gift of God. The same thing happens when we have one of these areas of play um, and we are able to spend a little time in them. We not only feel rested at times, but we usually feel satisfied. Um, And and it's just a really unique uh, experience that's important for our mental health. And it kind of gives us, I think, a boost of some of the hormones uh, that we need to to just feel good. Those feel good hormones is what we call them, right? (laughs) Um, So there's five different realms, if you will, that I see adults playing in a lot that's really helpful. Um, One is nature. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this at length. I, I think this has to do with the fact that we're made by a creator. And actually, I think almost all these realms connect us to the creator in some way, which is really valuable because I think we have a lot of Christians who value redemption 
but forgot that we were made by a creator. And there's something unique about connecting through Christ with a creator God that spiritually fills us in a really unique way. Um, and so nature's kind of the clearest one. You know, we get out into creation and that's really um, a unique place where we, uh, I went to a women's conference once that was called Playing in His Presence. And it was all of these different arts and nature things uh, that that helped you uh, draw near to God in some way with scripture and um, conversation. And so do we have an opportunity to go out and play in his presence? You know, it's a really unique thing. So I think of scripture sometimes when I think of God's uh, desire to have time with us, that that's not just something we desire. God doesn't need us, but he does desire us and want to spend time with us. And so when you go out into nature, do either of you have a certain place or a picture in your mind that helps you uh, just remember that God is, you know, surrounding you as the creator? I mean, when I'm on mountain bike trails, which is my favorite place to be outside, uh, you know, you get to a top of a cliff and you worked hard to get there. Uh, but then there's this overlook of, you know, mountains and forests and, and or lakes or whatever. And, and that that space right there uh, is is one of those spaces, I think, for me. That's a good one. I think that aspect that it's so much bigger than us, you mm -hmm. know, the nature things that remind us that the universe is ginormous. And that also reminds us that God is big and we are small, but in a comforting way. Yeah, I think that's definitely an aspect of play when we get into nature because we recognize his creation. How about you, Andy? Um, I wouldn't say that it's something that I think of or go to often. I mean, there are lots of things in nature that I enjoy and I go to often, lots of memories, but probably the one that stands out the most that that probably draws closest to what I think you're, you're pointing out here is uh, a trip to Colorado a few years ago and going up the mountain, um, taking the gondola up the mountain. And uh, once we finally got up there and able to look down from the top of the mountain and see just uh, see across the other mountains and see valleys below and realize just how beautiful it is, how majestic it is. It was really quite overwhelming and rather emotional to recognize that God created this, mm -hmm. that he created this um, beautiful uh, mountain and valleys and trees and the clouds and everything that was around us mm -hmm. um, to be able to see it without necessarily being distracted by all the things that man has created out of what God has given us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 And one thing I hear you saying, and you can correct me, but I think there's no sense of embarrassment in that moment either. You know what mm. I mean? Like you're looking out and you're connecting with God uh, and you have Christ in your life. So it's only comforting for you. You know, I don't know what that's like for people who don't know Jesus because the bigness I think might be really scary if you didn't have Jesus. But when you're connecting with God through Christ and looking out at nature and its bigness, that emotional experience. Um, you know, we don't make our faith rely on it, but it is a really special thing when we are not embarrassed by it, when we are able to fully engage in that. And I think that's a really healthy thing for our mental health. Um, it just really strips away shame 
And, you know, I think of it one of those moments in life where we take off the fig leaves, like we don't need <laughs> them. We weren't intended for them. You know, God has something better for us in Christ. And so I think those are important moments. I think also that's why travel and culture is an aspect of play for a lot of people. It's the same reasons. We're just discovering all that God created in people and all their ideas he, he gave them to be able to have. And, and I think that culture is a really cool place to see um, just differences and uh, stretching our minds, you know, and stretching our hearts as well. And so I don't actually have that one down as a realm of play, but maybe I should add it. <laughs> <laughs> so another one is art. Um, yes. and, and this is any kind of art, uh, uh, creative arts, if you will. Um, and so is there a specific kind of art that comes to mind when you think about playfulness for either of you? Coloring. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is, I think, because, um, you know, you're not trying to create the Mona Lisa or something like, nope. <laughs> you know, there's a freedom in it. You're just trying to fill in some color and look and enjoy the color for itself and the experience of it. And so, yeah, certainly playful. How about you, Andy? Yeah, probably coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know how much art I really do these days that, mm-hmm. that I can connect with. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes just looking at it, like, mm-hmm going to the art museum and appreciating what God has given other people to create. For me, that's really playful. Like I don't want to create it myself. No, that's not fun. I don't even want to craft. Forget that. (laughs) Looking at murals and things around Mm -hmm. when I'm on my bike rides or just wandering places, appreciating the, the art that's in uh, communities and parks and things that I find that really fun too. Yeah. And I think that is really playful too, because it's so unexpected. So there is some element of the unexpected in play. So the buildings don't look just like the way they're supposed to look, you know, Mm -hmm. and that really uh, taps into a different part of our mind. Um, So I think that's a really healthy thing and engaging in art in however you need to engage in art. I'm really happy to see, because you guys brought up coloring too, that we're lifting the shame of coloring for adults too, right? (laughs) That's one of the transitional ways of playing that we formerly had a big problem with, right? We would definitely judge adults for coloring, but now we see a lot of ways that adults can engage and how that's healthy for our mental health. Um, And people can engage in uh, just having a moment to rest, but also enjoying the colors and those playful aspects. So another one is music, which I know is one of Sarah's personal favorites. Andy, too. I mean, we all are music lovers. And this is anything from getting your hymn nerd stuff on, you know, Mm -hmm. and just really diving into that. Discovering. Remember, we talked about that in the last episode. But also... um, Uh, just listening to music. And my personal favorite is when people start like rocking out or dancing or singing in their car, and then you're at a stoplight and you're like, man, that person is enjoying themselves. (laughs) That is play at its finest, right? They are not embarrassed. They're just going to town um, to maybe the artist flame, one of our favorites, right? Whatever (laughs) they're really enjoying. I think those are really, really awesome places. And that's one reason homes are such a safe place for play for us, because we can we can dance in our socks in the living room. Um, and we're not concerned about what people think about us. Um, I love to go to weddings and dance, you know, just grabbing those moments as you can as an adult is really helpful for our mental health, because we're able to engage in play. 
The last two are words. And so as a writer, I'm obviously really partial to this one. I love words. And as much as I talk on the coffee hour, I think you can also tell how much I love words. Um, but words are really playful when we let them be, when they don't have to come out just right. Um, they're a place of grace where we can express ourselves. And so that's an important aspect of that. But they're also how we connect with other people so often. And so uh, there's nothing more playful, I think, than having a laugh over a cup of coffee with a friend, right? Mm -hmm. That's a playful moment. So much of life is very serious. So serious. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be able to lift that. And so when our relationships have the ability to have a sense of humor and laugh in our words and what we share, even laughing at the hard stuff, like appropriately together, that's a really <laughs> powerful thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last one is movement. So just being able to get out. Andy, I know this is a personal favorite of yours. Um, just being able to engage in stretching and in not sitting in a chair all day long and in taking a little walk. Um, you know, movement is a really, really powerful thing. And I think that there's a whole lot of brain body connection, um, especially with the spine. That's all God's creation. You know, God creates our bodies amazingly. And so when we can let them be a little bit free, that is very playful for our bodies. So Andy, do you have anything to add on movement before we have to sign off here? I would just point out that I am actually using my knobby foot mat while we're talking today um, <laughs> for movement. Like literally there's a foot thing on the floor that has like a bunch of knobs on it um, just to keep my feet moving. So instead of sitting all day, uh, right. at least moving. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it sounds silly, but those kind of things can really put you in a better mood, which is a lot of what we're talking about when we're talking about mental health, you know, giving your body the input it needs so that you can do the work of life. That is part of movement and play. That's really going to fill you up and help your mental health just kind of spur you on, I guess, in the work of life. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we hear movement, sometimes we think it has to be very organized, like a, a fitness class or something like that, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily, as long as you're doing movement that's that's safe, that's not hurting yourself, uh, <laughs> movement is good, yeah. <laughs> whatever it might be. Right. Exactly. You know, play freedom, also boundaries, always mm -hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, so does, does this wrap up our series on play? Um, is, do we have more? That's a really good question. I have. <laughs> we might have so more. Funny. I think this is actually, I think you're correct. I have more episodes, but I think we're going to move on, in, you know, in, in August onto something else. So it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> That's playful. Well, that wraps up today's Mental Health Monday. Thank you so much, Heidi. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Have a playful day. <laughs> I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.